Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Segula and Bobby Maximus. And we're not going to get into sponsorship right away, right now, because we are going to talk about a topic that is on our mind heavily lately, and it's the idea of selling out. That is right. We, uh, speaking of selling out, we decided to go to a big fitness conference this weekend. Yes, we did. It was the, uh, the American, American Fitness Expo down in Houston. Yes, very good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, first of all, before we go any further, thank you to the organizers uh, of it for having us there. Yeah. Um, it was a huge honor, especially, honestly, Joe, to be invited alongside people like Michael Hearn, mm-hmm. C.T. Fletcher, Jay Cutler, Strength Cartel, Dana Lynn Bailey, uh, Mike Rashid, uh, Juji Mufu. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of incredible people there. So it's kind of an honor just to be – I, I always say it's like a – I might not be the captain of this fitness industry yet, but at least I'm on the boat. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? It's an honor to have your name mentioned to these people. Yeah. But one of the things that we were talking about the entire, uh, this was like a two-day thing. And one of the things that we were, the things that we were talking about was this idea of selling out in the fitness community. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's something that really, frankly, it annoys the hell out of us. <laughs> Well, let, let's uh, let me re- reframe that. It it annoys us that people think this is a thing, not that people are selling out. Like we're we're kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. Yes, that's exactly it. I am. Let me make this clear. I am totally okay with quote unquote selling out or whatever that is. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, what exactly does that even mean? Yeah, what's what's the definition? But the the thing that and and, and listen, I am. If you know my history. I, I, this is an emotional topic for me. Mm. Um, that's all I need to say. Certain people will be able to gather what, uh, I mean by that, but it's all of a sudden you're a successful person in this world and you're a seller. You get put down by, I want to say peers, but it's not your peers that are putting you down. It's, it, 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 it's almost like the, uh, the disgruntled, the unsuccessful, Mm -hmm. the jealous, the angry. I don't want to call those people peers because, frankly, I don't look at them as my peers. Well, right, yeah. And you, I mean, it, it, it's actually funny with you. I didn't realize you had such a big background in music. It's something you play mm-hmm. guitar. You're well versed in music. It's something you're passionate about, and it's something that happens in the music industry all the time. And that's where I kind of want to start with this because I think people can relate to it. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think I, I want to talk about punk music a little bit. It's, it's generally a form of music that I'm not the biggest fan of it, to be honest with you, Joe. Mm-hmm. There are some bands that I like, but I tend to like the quote unquote sellout bands. <laughs> Blink, Blink 182, Bad Religion. Like, I just like shit that's on the radio. Right, right. You know, I, I don't like listening to stuff that nobody's ever heard of. And so... I guess I'm part of the cello crowd, but it's, it, it, it's kind of like that punk music thing where all of a sudden a band gets really big and their fans turn on them because they're not punk rock anymore. Well, it's that hipster mentality, right? It was cool when it was my thing, but when anybody else gets into it, then I'm, that's so old. I'm beyond that now. God forbid your little secret has been discovered. Yeah, exactly. And that you're not the cool guy anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really funny because I hear this again and again and again. Well, that band has changed. 
they've sold out. Mm. They're not punk rock anymore. They're working for the man. And it's not just fans either, because fans will turn their back on the stuff in a heartbeat, yeah. right? You know, once once their 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 favorite band sells one too many iTunes singles, they're done. They're out. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not cool to talk about. You want to be dark and mysterious and right. the only one that's ever ever heard your thing. But it's actually funny. People in the music industry do it too. Mm-hmm. I I kind of joke about one of my one of my favorite albums of all time is Blink One Eighty Two Enema for the State. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Joe, if you remember when that came out. Yeah. But there was a song called "What's Your Age Again," mm-hmm. and this song got played on MTV uh, in Canada. We had a thing called Much Music, and it, it, we, it was our MTV basically. I'd watch it there. Uh, it was on the radio all the time. Yeah. And it's funny because there was a bunch of bands in the punk community that just turned on Blink-182. Why? Not because they were sellouts. And the funny thing is these bands that turned on them, to give you a little more background, played the exact same type of music. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's almost indistinguishable. Like if yeah. you look at Pennywise, NoFX, Lagwagon, mm-hmm. Rancid, uh, I mean, name any of them. It's all the same stuff to me. Yeah, it's just just choppy power chords and a lot of yelling, right? Like, it's not a... It, I, I, I love punk. I really, like, especially Rancid was my jam back in high school. Uh, but it's not, like, the most difficult thing to come up with a good punk tune. Like, there's kind of a formula for it anyway. So I, I feel like it lends itself really well to being popular, because of its simplicity. But like you said, Blink-182 gets a top hit and all of a sudden they're a sellout and all these other bands are trashing them. And it's like, if you would have been the one that got that top hit, they'd all have turned on you too. You would have been perfectly happy with it, by yeah, the way. Yeah, The truth is, you're just jealous you didn't get a mm-hmm. top hit. You know what I mean? But you get, if you become the popular one, you get nailed for it. Another example I always use is Nickelback. Yeah, it's, uh, it's <laughs> this keeps coming up on this podcast. Karen and Nickelback. <laughs> Canadian, I love Nickelback. But the amusing thing to me, if you know anything about Nickelback, and, and, and I knew people that they grew up with, it's four guys who played music in their garage who never changed their musical style. If you listen to anything Nickelback, Joe, mm-hmm. it has been the same since they started learning to play guitar and drums yeah they never changed and for whatever reason they struck it rich Mm -hmm. like i think they're the second highest musical selling act in the united states yeah ever which which is incredible they've sold 55 million albums so now you get this army of people who hate nickelback well i got news for you one in five people listening to this podcast right now (laughs) don't own a nickelback song they own the whole fucking album. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But they're the sellouts. And they've never changed or done anything mm-hmm. except become popular. We uh, we were laughing. Um, I, I, I want to bring this up, Joe. When we were in Minnesota for, for my son's Taekwondo mm-hmm. championship, we went to a, a place called Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I remember, remember this. Remember yeah. what the little bio said for those chefs? Yeah, it's like we... we, we I forget how they worded it, but it's like we're not interested in having our TV shows or being celebrity chefs. We're just focused on good food and the right atmosphere. On a scale of one to ten, how good was that food again? Uh, it's like a two, three, passable. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do a TV show because they were too cool for that. Yeah. They were 
true to their craft and true to their art. And it was a run of the mill restaurant. I mean, to be honest, no no disrespect, but I'd put it on the same level as a, well, actually I think I like Applebee's or Chili's better. Yeah. And I I almost hate to say it because I know those guys are really trying to be better than that, but they just, uh, yeah, no, they weren't. What what turned me was that little thing about Mm -hmm. we didn't way of the celebrity chefs. We didn't want to be popular. We're cooler than that. And we're true to the craft of cooking. Really? Doesn't taste like it. Yeah. What what are you bent out of shape? Because Gordon Ramsay stole your name. Mm -hmm. You know, the the funny thing is, is I can guarantee you Gordon Ramsay had no idea. There was a restaurant called hell's kitchen when he came up to that. Yeah. You know, the idea for that show. And by the way, Hell's Kitchen is also a nickname for a neighborhood in New York City. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's like not it's like a, these yeah. guys just pulled it out of thin air and it was proprietary. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like these 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 jerk offs Joe that try to pretend they invented exercise. <laughs> I invented the push up. I invented circuit training. Uh-huh. <laughs> circuit training's been around since the Roman gladiator era. Yes, and yes. probably before that, frankly. Like, if you think you're the first person to pick up a fucking object, and maybe 3,000 years ago is a rock, and go for a run to condition yourself, you got another thing coming. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing new, but these people, and, and this is going into a rant, and, and, and this is the point of this podcast, but these people get so mad when they see other people get successful, and they've got to drop that term sellout. Well, there's also this this idea that, uh, and I think especially with like the punk crowd, because the, the the fans are very much like a part of the same, I don't know if you want to call it like social class, the same circle as the bands themselves, right? There's a real connection between the artist and the, and the audience. Uh, and so when an artist suddenly allows somebody outside that circle to purchase their music or, or heck, even just enjoy it, they're quote unquote selling out to that crowd just to get money. But the fact of the matter is, if all you do is play to this closed circle, you can't sustain what you're doing. You can't make enough money to make a living off of the same 50 people showing up at your shows every week. Right. So like at a certain point, you have to sell tickets, you have to sell more albums and you're better off selling to a broader audience that has more resources. So I don't blame I don't blame the artists for reaching out. But when when the crowd looks around and they see people they don't know at a show, they should embrace that and bring them in instead of saying, well, no, these guys belong to us. You can't have it. You're not cool like we are. You know, this reminds me, Joe, about Tool. Yeah. And for anyone that's out there listening, I will be very clear about this. I think the guys from Tool are brilliant. Mm -hmm. They make some good music, not necessarily my style of music. But they're they're clearly very talented and a good band. Mm-hmm. But you know what I hate? Tool fans. <laughs> because Tool has got lots of street credit. They're my guys. They would never sell out. Well, let's be very clear about something. You're all butthurt about Nickelback or butthurt about Guns N' Roses. Or you don't want to listen to Drake, but you love Tool. Because they have all kinds of street credit. They're all signed to the same one or two record labels. Yeah. And Tool, even, very Tool even wrote a song about it, <laughs> admitting it. Like, it, it's very entertaining to me, which is, is why I like this stuff. I think this is just fun. This is like, like a, an experiment in sociology going on. You just get to watch. <laughs> they, charge for, they charge for tickets to their show. Uh-huh. They sell T-shirts. 
they have products. I actually uh, have a have a really funny story. I had a buddy of mine at the house who's a big Tool fan, and we're watching the WWE, and he had this vision in his head that Tool was anti-establishment, didn't like anything mainstream, was raging against the man, mm-hmm. was standing up for the downtrodden and weird of society, and. All of a sudden, Adam Jones, who he's a guitarist or bassist for Tool. The guitarist, is yeah. sitting in the front row. Yeah. <laughs> and my buddy goes, he goes, what the fuck? And I started laughing. I go, what? He goes, I, I think that's Adam Jones from Tool. There's no way he's at a WWE show. <laughs> why not? Like, yeah, why, why not? Because he would never like the WWE. I'm like, let's open his Twitter and see if it's him. <laughs> Turns out he follows all the WWE superstars. You go on his social media. He's got pictures of himself with Triple H from the WWE backstage fanboying it up. And Uh, my poor buddy was just his whole world perspective was blown apart that uh, his guy who was like standing up for the people with the mohawks of the world and the nose rings and the tattoos on their face (laughs) was was fanboying it up backstage at a WWE pay-per-view. Oh, I, I don't think bad. I've ever laughed so hard in my life. <laughs> but, like to get to get to the fitness thing, the reason we're talking about this is there's come a movement, Joe, and, and I think it's a backlash. I think it's born out of somewhere. I think it's a backlash to the infomercial and big box mm-hmm. products of, of, of the 80s and 90s, so to speak. But there came a movement and CrossFit had something to do with it mm-hmm. where fitness had to be underground to be cool and be effective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movement away from from global gyms, from even home gyms. Right. It, it's like the, the whole garage gym was somehow different than a home gym. Right. Like that's where real fitness happened. It wasn't something that happened with a trainer. It wasn't something that happened at a university. Like the real fitness was happening, like you said, underground, right? It's what the Navy SEALs were doing. It was the secret fitness. And it's funny because you saw this firsthand in the CrossFit community. Oh, yeah. I want to be clear. I love CrossFit. I'm a huge fan. Mm -hmm. But it was funny. Some of the early adopters of CrossFit, they kind of had a style, right? Yeah. Had the socks. You had the brands you liked. There was a certain type of workout, and it wasn't that popular. I mean, even today, if you look at the numbers, there's maybe 5,000 CrossFit members in the state of Utah where yeah. I'm Yeah. How many Minnesota do you think? 5,000, 6,000? Uh, hard to say. I think, I think there's like 50 or 60 affiliates just in the Twin Cities. Okay, so maybe 50 people in affiliate. There's 3,000 people or 100 people in affiliate. Yeah. How many people are members of Lifetime, Joe? Oh, yeah, or that that many at a location, or, right? Right. So it still is a little bit underground, I guess, so to speak. Um, I talk to people regularly who have no idea what CrossFit is. Mm-hmm. But it's become fairly popular. They're on ESPN, which I think is amazing. The fact that you can turn on the TV and watch some people exercise and inspire people. I think that's great. Um they, they got partnered with Reebok, which I think helps the whole community from yeah. a sponsorship standpoint. But when this stuff started happening and CrossFit stopped being people's secret little thing, there was almost this backlash against it. Yeah. 
right? Like you guys are selling out. You guys aren't cool anymore. You're moving away from real fitness. Yeah. You're become just like the people that we hate, the lifetimes of the world and the big box gyms. I remember that very clearly because I had friends that ran CrossFit gyms that lost a lot of members over it. Yeah. So they were well, I mean, when, when, yeah, when the, the CrossFit Open really kind of became a big thing, you know, when uh, when the games got televised, like, the, yeah, there was a in, internally a big fallout. Of course, uh, I noticed more people coming to our doors because, hey, I saw this thing on ESPN and I looked into it. So it became a really good avenue for that. I think it did change the perception of CrossFit and that's maybe that's what didn't mix. You know, hypothetically somebody thinks it's a secret underground thing and then people are seeing it on ESPN and coming in. It's like these two mentalities can't coexist under one roof. So maybe that that was some of it, but yeah, it was a, it was a very, very stark change. It, it, It suddenly became open for everyone of every age and every ability, not just the hardcore guys anymore, not just the tattooed rage against the machine listening like and that is actually true to Greg Glassman's mission. Yeah. Like when you when you listen to him talk, whether you like him or don't like him, I really believe he wants to help people and make the world fit. Yeah. Yeah. I have no he's, doubt of that. Kind of on a mission. He's he's currently really on an anti sugar train. Mm-hmm. He's going after, you know, dietitians that are supported the government um, and issue on social media. Yeah. Because they didn't like the censorship, you know, from the FDA and stuff and. I think he has a genuine desire to, to help people. That's what, so they're, they're actually staying true to their mission because they want to help as many people as possible. But back to the exodus of certain CrossFit people, the funny thing to me was no one who was fit left. <laughs> Just why would you, if it's making you fit, yeah. it was fat out of shape dude or girl that showed up once or twice a week that they really weren't mad that CrossFit was going to have an open. They were mad that they couldn't do well in it. I think because I think all that, of a sudden that is absolutely right. Because there was a time when if you worked out a couple times a week doing CrossFit stuff, you were probably going to qualify for regionals. Like I know people who've qualified for regionals kind of back in the early days, even people who went to the games back, like in the first two, three iterations of the games, very different. All of a sudden, it reaches this broader audience and not just like underground fitness enthusiasts are doing it, but people who are like seriously good athletes, right? You start getting like, like Jason Kalipa when he won the, the first one out at the ranch. I think everything changed, like what it meant to be a CrossFit athlete went from an amateur sport to a very high level fitness required to even participate in that. And I think that turns people off. But all of a sudden, your little thing's blowing apart because you're yeah. there with self-esteem. You are clinging to your workout time on a workout that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. You tell all your friends at work what a badass you are. And now you're getting held to a standard uh-huh. because there's an open. And well, then their friend says, if you're so badass, why didn't you qualify for the top 60 of the open? Yeah. Cross CrossFit's changed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess. You know what I mean, though? But yeah. that's that's the symptom of what I see. And it's funny because a lot of these people, and I'm speaking generally here because it's probably going to sound like I'm talking about some people in particular, but this could be applied to 100 people. Mm-hmm. The people who yell the loudest about how they know the way and fitness is fucked 
And you shouldn't go to a big box gym and you shouldn't do bench press and you shouldn't read men's health. You shouldn't do CrossFit because they're idiots too. Those are the people, Joe, who usually aren't that fit. Yeah. They're the type of people that post dark and mysterious pictures of like a kettlebell or (laughs) someone looking like they're going to die on a fucking fan bike or a rower, but they'll never post their numbers. Do you know why? Because their numbers suck. Because their numbers suck. Believe me, if they had a 600 pound deadlift, they would post that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you can't. So what you do is you post a person that's relatively out of shape looking horrible on a bike. Like their faces in contortions, yep. laying around, rolling around. You'll never see what those person's numbers are. No. And they'll, they'll hide behind the kind of thing, well, fitness isn't about numbers. It's about a journey in my mind. Great. I'm glad you've been coming to the gym for two years and you've seen zero fucking progress. Yeah. What's or what what is the goal? Right. We talked about that a little bit at your seminar last weekend. Like, what are you training for? If all you want to do is beat yourself up psychologically, there's a lot of different routes you can go. Why did you choose this one? Right. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to look better naked, if you're trying to get stronger, like you have a, a performance goal, like within two years, you should see some progress towards that goal or else your program is just not working and you've wasted a lot of time. It makes me wonder, are you just butthurt because you're not good at this? Mm-hmm. Like, is that the real issue? You know? Yeah. Or, or is it something else? Because people will talk and talk and talk. And I just get so sick and tired of people in the gym industry criticizing others for this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've seen people, by the way, in charge, Joe, of fitness facilities mm-hmm. who will badmouth other people who will trash other people on Instagram, who will say they hate working out, mm-hmm. who will say it's only about what goes on between your ears, blah, 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 blah. And these people barely have a 300-pound deadlift or a 200-pound back squat. Yeah, can't do a push-up, right? Can't do a push-up. You do push-ups from your knees. Or you get the guy who can only bench press a buck 65 but is going to tell everyone else how strong he is and how he knows the way and how everybody else is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a host of behaviors that go along with this, Joe. Mm-hmm. We made a list. <laughs> <coughs> so let's go over it. The person that usually criticizes the loudest, how the fitness world is lost and they know the way and they're not sellouts and they're true to their craft. They usually sell t-shirts. Yep. Exclusive t-shirts. Exclusive t-shirts. And usually, my favorite, it's not under the guise of selling a t-shirt. It's like you make a donation to their project. Because you don't want to call it a gym. It's got to be called a project where you make a donation to the project and you get a free Mm -hmm. t-shirt. Hi, buddy. (laughs) That made my day. (laughs) How are you, pal? <laughs> Hi, bud. You just go upstairs with your little champion shirt, you little sellout. Right I'll tell you, champion used to be kind of boo boo. Yeah. Like 10 years ago, you used to buy shorts at Walmart for five bucks, and now it's become the in thing, Joe. Yes. It's at Nordstrom. So I think my son's a sellout. Probably. He might. I don't Sussing. know. He, he could have Sussing. some kind of a, uh, uh, endorsement deal in the works. I don't know. 
he saw some people on uh, on, on on the Instagram wearing champion, and he thought it was cool. And now he's <laughs> right. So I now dug all my old twenty year old champion gear out of the box, <laughs> dusted off the mothballs, and now I wear it again because it's in and it's uh. okay. But back back to the thing. You call your thing a project. If you donate to the project, we'll give you a T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you seen the whole support thing? No. What are you? Where it's like, we don't want to sell you anything, but you can support us by selling us $100 or sending us $100. And if you do, we'll send you a nice patch and a picture. Okay. Is that not the same as selling yeah. something? Just just donate on my Patreon. Support our work, I, right? I mean, <laughs> he's killing me right little, now. <laughs> little sellout's back. He's just trying to get his two minutes of fame. Yeah. He comes by it honestly. But yeah, Joe, I've seen this before where, like you said, the Patreon or our podcast, it actually got recommended to us. Like, don't sell anything. Just ask for support. Yeah. Yeah. How is that any different? Yeah. You know, or you'll get a cool little patch. It's <laughs> numbered. We're only going to sell a hundred of them. Not sell. Sorry. We're going to give away a hundred of them to the first people that donate a hundred dollars. That's like selling. It sounds like an elaborate GoFundMe. Yeah, it really is. You know what I mean? So the, the next type of behavior is books. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been criticized for this, that I sold out because I wrote a book for men's health. But if you write a book with a publisher, you're somehow not a sellout. Yeah. Right. And listen, I don't give a shit that you self-published. Mm-hmm. That's the same shit. Yes. You just had the technology available to you now to be able to self-publish. Yeah, yeah. A book is a book is a book. If you're selling one, technically you're a sellout. Memberships, you criticize other gyms mm-hmm. for monthly recurring charges, but yet you use a software <laughs> that charges people monthly recurring membership charges drives me nuts joe well there's like this this hidden theme of of anti-commercialism right like i'm not doing this for the money right i have to i have to convince everybody that that what i'm doing is my altruistic effort to improve the world but the reality is i have to have an income right like you and i cannot continue to do this podcast if we don't actually generate some income from doing it you know, it costs us time. It costs us money to do this stuff. Uh, th- this notion that that I'm above that, I'm somehow independently wealthy, and I just need you to support my work, is somehow like taking the reality of we live in a capitalist society out of it. But, but my point is you're still selling something at it, that But point. that's the truth. It, 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 it's <coughs> just... It's like rewording the sentence so it doesn't sound like you're selling out. But, you, I mean, you are. You're selling or, or the bullshit where you're not going to pay a monthly due, but we have a yearly membership dues to help support the, t- the club a month, how's a week, a year. How, yeah. How is it any different at all? I want to break it down or the people that don't. Here's another one. I've heard Joe, the people that don't do the monthly credit card thing, but they have like a, a bucket they pass around like at church. Yeah. Yeah. Time to work out. You put what you think is fair in the bucket and it turns into a membership. Uh-huh. You know, I'll actually remember, I'm, I'm not going to call them up by name, but I was at a gym and uh, back to the t-shirt thing. Uh, I, I asked the person who owned the gym how much the t-shirts were. And he said, well, we don't sell t-shirts. 
I said, well, why do you have bins of t-shirts there? He goes, well, if you give us a donation, we give you a t-shirt. So I said, oh, okay. Can I donate whatever I want? No, you have to donate $30. <laughs> okay. So wait, I can't donate 25. That doesn't get me the t-shirt. Can I, can I donate $35? Well, why would you do that? You only donate 30. Okay. So you're selling a t-shirt for $30. Yeah. No, we're not selling it. I don't think you heard me. It's a donation. <laughs> All right. I, I, I guess, but this is the stuff that these people do. The other thing that drives me nuts is they won't call their gym a gym. Yeah. And I've seen it's this fancy name, the back room, yeah. the layer, the, the event center, because <laughs> God forbid you call it a gym. Yeah. You know what, Joe? If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, you walk in, there's some flooring, there's a squat cage, there's a couple of barbells and a kettlebell. I think it's a gym. Mm-hmm. You know, podcasting. Somehow, somebody else's podcast is more street and cooler than ours. Right. They're not doing it for the money. Well, let me yet, let, let me be very clear. That's not even possible. So nice try, guys. Yes. Nice try. <laughs> but, but How strange is that? I hope right you're enjoying there. the sounds of Babu. Babu. There you go, Babu. Just so you guys know, too, his real name is not Babu. I'll tell you a, a funny aside. His real name is Jacksimus. J-A-X-I-M-U-S. So his legal name is Jacksimus Maximus McDonald, which in itself is ridiculous. Yes. But Babu is his Inuit name. Hmm. From, we're from northern Canada, so he likes to go by Babu. Stays true to our Canadian roots. So you haven't sold out? I have not sold out. I've given him a <laughs> Babu. He's a little sellout in his little raggedy-ass championship. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, and his... His Huggies diapers, you know, all the, all the cool babies wear cloth diapers, not, not Huggies or Pampers. God forbid you have a Toy Story 4 or a Mickey Mouse or Cars character. Oh, what diapers. is wrong with you? How can you even what sleep a, at night? What a loser. You're so corporate. Uh. But back to the podcasting, there are these people that apparently are trying to stick it to the man. Mm-hmm. They're raging against society, raging against your boss, raging against corporations. Have you thought about the irony that you're against big business and anything that's popular, but yet your platforms of choice for your podcast are iTunes and Google? I, I was going to say that. I was going to say that. You'll, you'll post it right up on iTunes, though, right quick, won't you? Not even hesitate. It's like, it's like some of these vegans, Joe, and listen, I have nothing wrong with the vegan diet or the vegan lifestyle. I want to make right. that clear. I have a problem with certain vegans and the type of vegans who are against industry and capitalism, mm-hmm. and the way animals are treated and the way companies do their business, but yet they are more than happy to go to a subway and get a veggie sub from a Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't jive with me. Like it's not... It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So the podcast thing, you could talk all you want about how cool you are, how street you are, how your message is real, but you're no different than anyone else who's popular who has a podcast. Right, right. Buying brand name gym equipment. If you're that underground, 
weld the shit yourself. Yes. Have a local. Hey, hey, you hate industry, right? You hate big business. Why don't you support a local welder and have him build all your equipment for you? Well, that's that's no different than these people that love to support made in the USA till their iPad's going to cost three thousand dollars. Right. Made in China. Yeah. They got to drive their Honda. (laughs) Because. These people will do this. We believe in local business. And why is your stuff from Rogue? Yeah. Unless you're from Ohio, Mm -hmm. you you can't buy that. Yeah. But the minute you start buying brand name stuff or looking for deals on stuff, you're no different than the people you profess to hate. Right. Using supplements, Joe. Why are you screaming about how you're pure and you do all the right things, but you're buying the same damn supplements as everybody else? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, my other favorite is when you get labeled as a Hollywood trainer. <laughs> Don't call me a Hollywood trainer. That's not what I am. Last oh, I right. checked, worked on a bunch of movies. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you want me to call you? What do you think <laughs> your job designation is? Yeah. Name me six athletes that you've worked with. Oh, none. Okay. All actors. None. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing that drives me crazy. But you know what these people are? They're jealous of people who are doing what they want to do. Well, isn't this this whole thing just a marketing gimmick anyway? Right. Like like if if, if we were to, to say the Maximus podcast is the podcast for the every man. We're family friendly. You know, we embrace all walks of life. Everybody can come here. Basically, we're just trying to cast the widest net possible. Right. And we're just trying to make as big a cash grab as we can. If they want to turn around and they say, no, we're the secret guys, we, we only appeal to this one very small niche audience. Well, OK, cool. If that niche audience can support what you're doing. Yeah. And, and apparently it does enough that these things persist because there's there's more than one iteration of these. It's not like we're calling out one particular group of people here. There are no, multiple iterations is, of it. So this is rampant. And if you if you made it, I just want to interrupt. If you've made it this far, we're going somewhere with this. Yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Joe, it's everywhere. But it's that, that reminds me. We need to start a get together. We yeah. can't call it a seminar because we'll be sellouts. That's right. We can't make it look like we're trying to make money off of this. But so, so we're going to call it a symposium. There you go. We're going to call it a rally. We're going to call it a, a muster. Let's call it a muster. A muster, we're going to call it a passage of courage or a rite of passage <laughs> or the Maximus trials. Oh, I and love it. I love the trials. You're going to get blindfolded, spun around in a circle three times, and you're going to show up to a random location and we'll make you what we say. We're going to spray him in the face with a hose while I do push-ups. Hose or you'll come to an empty bar and you got to make your own bunk bed. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's well, right. People can talk about the feelings and how we came together and work towards a common goal. But it's funny. You can't call it a seminar. The other thing we got to do, Joe, remind me, let's make the website hidden. Yeah, so oh, you have yeah. to work a little bit to find it. Yep. We're not just going to give you the link. If you want it, you got to prove yourself. You got to sleep on the porch and you got to earn it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Our goal is to educate people and help as many as people as possible, but we're going to make it a fucking nightmare to get that knowledge. <laughs> well, let's be honest. There, there, there is no knowledge, right? So it's, it's this constant promise. It's, it's a carrot on a stick, right? 
Just like keep marching forward, keep shilling out the money, just pay the website due. Oh, I can't. Sorry. They're not website dues. Continue to make your annual donation to the project and you'll become wiser and wiser. It's a cult thing. It's a a religious cult that they're building with with fitness as a base. Yep. Henry Rollins has a great thing on this, Joe. Have you ever seen his thing on selling out? Yes. Or for people who haven't, just YouTube Henry Rollins on selling out. And he says something like, I understand your shock and confusion and dismayment when you're watching the Toyota commercial and your favorite band, like the Clash of the Ramones, appeared. <laughs> Someone's just angry. I got to bring that up, too. I've got a bunch of friends that like the Clash, Joe. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, amongst punk bands, the Clash has escaped like the selling out tag. Mm-hmm. But I seem to remember in university – Every 80s night at every bar ever plays the shit out of the clash. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not that underground. Yeah. Like if you're on an 80s, like a, an 80s playlist or an 80s CD, it is what it is. Yeah. And by the way, again, I do not fault people for making money or being successful. That's mm-hmm. your goal as an artist. You want people to hear your stuff. Yeah. You want people to see your stuff. Like you mentioned, like you, you you mentioned earlier, I, 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 music is a very very important part of my life, and th- and there are a great number of bands that I follow very closely that are underground, and I'm not going to blame them when they finally sell out like a big stadium. You know, I'm not going to blame them when they finally get onto like a large record label. Like that's I kind of want that for them. That's what they're working towards. You know, these guys are making great music, and I think the world needs to hear it. Like I want that for them. So if if one of my favorite bands suddenly has an album that that I see, well, I don't know that you even really see albums on store shelves anymore. But like, how how can I get angry at them if I really enjoy what they're doing? Why wouldn't I want to share that with the world? Right? By the way, it allows them to make more music for you to enjoy. Yes, yes. You know, like one too many people like your TV show, and now you're angry about it because people are talking about it. Game of Thrones fans. Hmm. Like, would you, and that was going to be five spinoffs you could enjoy. Yeah. Would, would you rather your show get canceled after season two? Like, is that really what you want? That's the stuff that I can't stand, Joe. But where we're going with this? Oh, actually, first, I got to sell out right now. Yes. Yes, you do. Buy the Lalo Maximus shoes. I'm not even going to try to do this organically. <laughs> Buy the shoes now. It puts money in my pocket, it helps us do this podcast. It, it, it helps me drive my GMC it, truck and drink my Coca-Cola and buy my <laughs> brand name alcohol. Just buy the shoes and help me out. And, and if, Seriously. It, if, if you feel better, you'd rather make a donation to Lalo. We'll yes, send you Lalo some shoes. <laughs> make a donation. Um, you're not buying anything, but I promise you, if you do make a donation, <laughs> use the code maximus 20 so you don't have to make that much of a donation we will send you a free pair of shoes we'll credit you for the full amount of donation though credit. <laughs> also go by the protein the yes. nitor protein n-i-t-o-r performance.com buy yourself some not buy make a donation we'll send you some free Car- protein. karmically earn your protein by making a yes. donation at nitor performance and big big thank you to nitor for for having us out to do the booth this weekend again, that was a lot of fun. I think we uh, Maximus podcast. Yes, Maximus we podcast. We do not monetize. We do not monetize off that. But 
for every time someone uses the word Maximus Podcast in their code, Nidor makes a donation so that we can go out and help. That's right. Become fit. <laughs> okay, now that we're done with that, the reason we wanted to talk about this is because at the conference, mm-hmm. we got to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. Jimufo, uh, uh, I'm, I'm butchering his name. Juji Mufu. Juji Mufu. C.T. Fletcher, Michael Hearn, the guys from Strength Cartel, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Shaw, uh, for who a guy who's giant is a really nice guy, by the way. But you think he's a giant when you see pictures of him? you got to see that guy in person. <laughs> Monster. Dana Lynn Bailey and Dan Bailey. The funny thing is, Joe, all of these people, Mike Rashid, mm-hmm. they gave yeah. the dollars. Yes. They were nice to people. They were endearing. They smiled all day while thousands of people lined up. Oh, but to- we, we were we were like up the aisle from the strength cartel guys, and and they were they were awesome to watch. They were so good interacting with people. But like if if you were were following the American Fitness Expo, they were reposting a lot of pictures that people were taking with those guys. And like throughout the day, like their smiles kind of got less and less until they were taking more like stoic pictures. I can I. I their faces had to be just on fire from smiling all day long. Uh, and those guys never quit. And they came back the next day. They did it all over again. Like, all over again. Huge hearts on those guys. Like so much yeah. respect. Really nice to people, but genuinely want to help people. And the interesting thing, I had a talk with Michael Hearn about training. Uh, had a talk with C.T. Fletcher, who's become a friend over the years about mm-hmm. training. I talked with Michael Sheet about training. Strike cartel guys. You know what the funny thing is? They're all saying the same stuff and have a genuine interest in helping people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and even the expo was was sponsored by Bill, right? BYLT, which is, uh, what is it, Beyond Your Limit Training. Uh, and, and the Bailey, so Dana Lynn Bailey and, and uh, Rob Bailey, right? Uh, like, I, I guarantee they did not set out years ago because they had an idea for some drink that they wanted to push, right? It, it wasn't like... That was their driving factor. These are things that kind of came up along the way and kind of helped them on their journey. You know, they, they have a message. They have something they're trying to share. They have a passion. They have a joy with this. Uh, and, and, and those kinds of sponsorships and doing these events and having those products to back them up are all sort of a means to that end. And so you can look at what, what anybody's building. I mean, even the guys from Strength Cartel, they were there selling stuff. You know, they weren't there just taking pictures for no fee like they were selling their products that they have there because that's how these guys generate the money that they can continue on this mission that they have. And and for me, it was very I don't want to say like eye opening because I kind of already knew this, but very affirming that everybody that I talked to, everybody that I met, everybody that I saw there who was kind of at that level. I mean, they were on some kind of a mission and everything else was just the means to the end. You know, but their stuff was great. Like even even back to Michael Hearn, listening to him, a lot of the stuff he said, I listened to his conference mm-hmm. speaking and, and we spoke for a while after. We're actually going to be going out there to visit him and do a yeah. podcast, hang out and some training. Stoked. But one of the one of the craziest things about it is the stuff he was saying. I'm like, this motherfucker copied my speech. <laughs> like, yeah. He's saying the same shit I've said for years yeah. because the real people in the industry and this is like. He's been in TV. He's been in movies. Yeah. He's, you know, he's the original American Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Like he's a bodybuilder. He's everything you people should not like. The people that hate sellouts. Yeah, he uses tanning products, but his 
knowledge was stellar and his mission to help people was bang on. And I saw him deal with tons of people and was just <laughs> so kind and nice and grateful to them. Well, and if you've ever you seen, I mean? ever seen like those Q and a sessions, especially like a comic con where, mm-hmm. where people just ask off the wall, bizarre questions. And, and these guys, they have to sit up on the panel and find ways to try to understand what these people are getting at. But they, they do, you know, they don't just like roll their eyes and say next, Right. Somebody comes up to ask a, an odd question. They probe. They're, they're really interested in trying to help the people that are willing to come forth and ask for it. And that's very telling, too. Yeah, for sure. But where we're really trying to go with this is these are people that are getting paid. Yeah. People that have, quote, sold out. They're people who have products to sell. And these are the people that honestly you can trust. The people who call other people sellouts. The people who criticize people that do this stuff, the people who can't call their gym a gym, the people who say, I'm not a Hollywood trainer, like Don Saladino, for example, Mm -hmm. great guy, brilliant mind. I think he's one of the best trainers on the planet. I agree. He's proud to say he trained actors. Mm -hmm. You're one of these people that I don't train actors, but then you're posting pictures of actors on your Instagram. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that. Yeah. The people who have an event center, the people who don't do seminars, the people who it's underground and we know the way and you got to earn their way in. They are the least fit people, Joe. Yeah. And they have the least knowledge. And usually when people train with them, the people around them don't get fit. That's another thing I've noticed. If you look at their Instagram or the people that have been in that revolving door for two years, they never improve. I want to I want to tie this into one of our overall messages of just being positive, right? Owning that narrative. If you're trying to improve your life and you're trying to surround yourself with positive people and you're trying to improve who you are as a person and you decide, hey, I'm going to go find a gym. You know, maybe you did our off the couch fitness program from a few podcasts back and you're like, I want to find a group of like minded people to take me to that next level. And you walk into a gym and They've got a bunch of products on the shelves. They got T-shirts with price tags on them, right? They got maybe pictures of some famous people. Um, and for the most part, they seem like generally positive people, but they kind of look like, and I'm doing finger quotes here again, sellouts. Then you go to the gym across the town and it's dark and it's underground. And as soon as you walk in, they can't tell you what they do well, but they will tell you that the guys across town are a bunch of assholes. They don't know nothing. They're a bunch of jerks. They're a bunch of sellouts. They just buy programs online. Like just from a what you're trying to achieve with your life, who would you rather be surrounded with? A bunch of negative Nancy naysayers or some people who are generally kind of positive and happy? Like but not only that, you don't sell you a T-shirt. You're going to earn one. Right. Earn it by what? Paying to come to a seminar? Uh, if I pay gym dudes long enough, I'll get one. Like at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons, Joe. I just decided to sell my T-shirts. Mm-hmm. What I'm, I'm going to have some special T-shirt you got to earn. By well, it, it was it was interesting when when you started started the T-shirts on your website because there were a lot of people who didn't want to buy one until they felt like they earned it. We got a lot of emails about that. Yep. And I mean, and there's people that I guys that I've trained, and I'm not making fun of you guys because I get it, but it's like the 
what you were building had the the credential, not the T-shirt. Like, I want to make that very clear. But like people wanted to earn that little piece of respect. And and that's that's very telling of what what you had done of of your life's work up to that but point also, and, and further. But it pretending like you're not t- selling a T-shirt is it's lying. Well, here's it's lying. But here's the other thing. I'd rather you wear the shirt and be inspired by it and inspire other people. Yeah. Like, I hope by looking at this T-shirt every day shouldn't be some mountain to climb. You can put it on and you can feel good about yourself and work harder and maybe inspire somebody else to get better. Yeah. But if you pay $969 and come to the Maximus Method certification, you'll earn your T-shirt. <laughs> so wait, you just charge me 900 bucks for a T-shirt? <laughs> what do I have to earn? I'm laughing because like, I've paid more for T-shirts in the past, right? <laughs> but that's that's kind of the deal. But just inspire people. And so what I want people to be wary of is what I call the charlatans in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. the, the naysayers, that dark gym that's going to put everybody else down, that's going to lure you in. You're not going to see progress because these people don't love real fitness. No, no. It's an they illusion. They don't love it's, it's, it's kind of like I put up a post the other day, Joe. Who do you follow? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If if someone's screaming from the top of their lungs that they're not a Hollywood trainer and they're posting pictures of actors, you might not want to follow the person. Yeah. If they're posting how they don't sell T-shirts, but you could buy a T-shirt, you might not want to follow the person. If a grown man or woman is making fun of other people on Instagram – you might not want to follow them. Yeah. You just don't need, you don't need like angry, negative, hate filled people in your life. Like you don't have to give them your time and attention. If they're putting down other people that are genuinely helping others, you might not want to follow them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be like, selective. What, what you, 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 or here's my other favorite Joe. I'm sick of all these narcissistic people who take selfies with their shirts off. <laughs> okay, cool. Hey, hey, Joe, just so I don't look like a narcissistic selfie taker, I'm going to take my shirt off. Can you take a picture of me? Because somehow if you take a picture of me, it's not a selfie anymore. And it's not at all creepy if I'm admiring you from afar, right? Yeah, but, but there's these people – there's actually a person not long ago who made some comment about that, about I'm not a narcissistic trainer who takes pictures of myself. And then, well, you have an Instagram and 13 of the last 14 pictures that you posted are of yeah. yourself. Yeah. Again, somebody else took it. So mm-hmm. you're not selling out. <laughs> or you're not the narcissist. You know, the other one is the people, Joe, and I love this behavior. You really need to unplug. Don't take your phone on hikes. Mm-hmm. Don't just post things on social media. And where did I read this? On, the on person's social media. Account. Yeah. Like, I hate social media. Great. Why, why are you telling me that? Why not cancel your account? Yeah. Stay off it you know then. I mean? Why are you, why are you trying on. to even be part of a conversation you don't want to be a part of? Like, go do your thing, man. I, I really need to take a picture of us eating together. And being like, sometimes you just have to put your phone away, enjoy the company of the people you're really close to. <laughs> <laughs> Self-technology. 
How the fuck did you take that picture? What are you doing? But these are posts that I see regularly and yeah. they really turn me off. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't see any of these posts. Do you know why? Because I unfollowed those people. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't need that in my oh, life. I mean, uh, here's the thing. A lot of people complain about social media is a very negative place. And I just say manage your feed. You can cut all that stuff out. You can just unfollow, block, be done with it. Someone said something that was really smart the other day. I think it was Gary V. actually. We bring him up a lot. I, I, I like his stuff. Yeah. Um, even though he's a horrible sellout because he likes social media <laughs> or he sells stuff. Yeah. But um, no, for real, he was saying that the problem's not Instagram. That's just the tool. Mm-hmm. This behavior has been around for years. Yeah. It's not social media that's the problem. The person using social media is the problem. Yeah. And beware someone that tells you they hate social media yet has a social media account. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? This is this is what makes me love Kawhi Leonard. Joe from the uh, – he's not a Toronto Raptor anymore. <laughs> previously. Previously of the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> a, guy, a guy who says he doesn't like the spotlight. A guy who wants his privacy. There's other people who say that, that they want their privacy, but they post five times a day. Yeah. You don't really want your privacy. No. They say they want their privacy, but they're constantly on website, constantly on TV. Mm-hmm. It's like these actors that are like, I wish I could just disappear and go focus on my craft so people didn't bug me at a restaurant. No, Take you your, like, Robert, what did Robert Downey Jr. make for the Avengers? Like $100 million? Yeah. Take, take your money. Don't be in movies anymore. And just like rent a theater and then act for your friends and family if it's for the love of acting. Yeah. And by the way, he's never said that. I'm just no, using yeah, an yeah. example of like, if you really have a problem being bothered or these professional athletes that are like, I don't like being bothered and signing autographs. Why did you sign up to play in the NBA? Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? So Kawhi Leonard says he likes his privacy. He's one of the most famous basketball players in the world, Joe. Yeah. He's uh, just won the MVP mm-hmm. the NBA playoffs, star player. Everyone wanted him on the team. He went to the Clippers. Here's a guy that backs it up. He doesn't like social media. Damn straight, he doesn't have social media. Yeah. I can't name another sports star, period, that doesn't have one. The other thing about him, he signed a basketball shoe contract with New Balance. Yeah. I don't think New Balance made basketball shoes before him. Hey, pop quiz for you. What was the first athlete endorsement for a pair of shoes? The very first one. Bobby Maximus Lalo Taxi. <laughs> Close. Just Chuck Taylor. Hey. Chuck Taylor was the first one, and that's kind of the the formula that evolved all athlete endorsements. I was reading about this earlier today. But you know what I mean? When Kawhi says he doesn't like the spotlight, I kind of believe him. Yeah. But if you tell me you don't like the spotlight and you have a shoe deal with Nike and you have eight social media channels and you have a YouTube channel and a production company, I have a really hard time believing you. Because mm-hmm. you could avoid the limelight if you wanted there was actually a thing the other day. Kawhi brought his wife, presumably, mm-hmm. and his kid to the Nickelodeon Awards. And people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He has a kid? Who knew that? Yeah. Hi, you can't. So, you guys, this has been a bit of a rant. Something Joe and I have been talking about all weekend we wanted to share. We just wanted to just rant a little bit and just give you guys a heads up of the types of people you should be wary of. 
people that engage in this, you've sold out behavior. Get rid of them from your life. You don't need them. Yeah, you just don't. You know? And by the way, there's nothing wrong with driving a brand name car. No. If it's a car like, you like, go for it. The little uh, little Babu wearing his raggedy ass champion shirt because it's now on sale at Nordstrom so he can be cool with the other kids at daycare. <laughs> Man, you've, you've, you've sold out, bro. Look at those Huggies diapers and champion shirt. You're not street. We wear cloth diapers around here. <laughs> <laughs> What neighborhood cool, are you from, man? Come on. Cool. Yeah, you're you're fancy. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll 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 just ship huggies to the people who annoy us from now on. If you get a box out of nowhere of huggies, it's from us. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, this has been fun. You guys beware and don't be afraid to follow people that are successful. Yeah. They're yeah. successful. Here's the here's the real key to this podcast. If somebody's successful, chances are they're successful for a reason. It's that simple. I yeah. think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like back to Don Saladino, he's trained a bunch of really fit people. Mm-hmm. I, I want to, and he, by the way, he's fit himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. That simple. So, um, by the way, Joe, before we go, I do have to tell you a funny story. All right. God bless him. Juju Mufu. He must've armed wrestled 500 people. Oh, I bet. Yeah. This thing. I was, I was talking to Brian Shaw and people kept coming up, asking him to arm wrestle, asking him to arm wrestle, asking him to arm wrestle. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, I wonder how tired he was. <laughs> well, Just, and you know, he was another guy. He, he never stopped smiling. Not even once while he was there. I walked by there a couple of different times and he was always smiling. So make fun of his goofiness. Make fun of, you know, his, his jumps and whatever. He was there smiling, talking to everybody and giving them real, valid, intelligent fitness advice. Yeah. Seems easy to me. Remember, before you go, we really need you to make a donation to the Maximus <laughs> podcast. <laughs> go to Lalo. You're not going to buy shoes. You're going to donate some money to them. And then as a gift, a symbol of your dedication, you're going to get the opportunity to wear the Maximus shoe and make the world a better place. Nidor works the same way. It does. Go buy stuff, support. You can donate to the Church of Nidor. Donate and you are good. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace.